Hello, fellow planeswalkers, and welcome to Into the Ether Vortex. My name's Ninzavor, your guide into all the different ways you can enjoy Magic the Gathering and how they all come together into something wild, wacky, and a little bit magical. Hope everyone's doing well out there. We're currently knee-deep in Modern Horizons 2 previews at the moment. For various reasons, I'm not actively uh, doing my usual tracking of all the new cards and reprints over on Reddit, as I usually would, uh, and likely won't have the financial means to really dive deep into Mountain Horizons 2, if at if at all, um, you know I'm saving up for the D and D set later this summer. Uh, hopefully, I'm going to be able to do uh, the pre-release there. But in the meantime, I'm still going to do my normal episode in next month on what I would like to add to my EDH decks for Modern Horizons 2 whenever I get around to doing so. Uh, in the meantime, though, I have been grinding away at Magic Arena for Strixhaven, which is going to be the focus for this episode as how my last month and a half of playing Magic has been. Uh, so far, for the month of May, I've hit Platinum 1 in Constructed and Platinum 3 in Limited, and about level 59, 60 or so on the Mastery Pass. Uh, so far, I've spent uh, all I've spent on Strixhaven has been $50 for Mastery Pass pre-order and a number of draft and sealed tokens, and then another $20 for some gems on Arena, plus uh, $100 for the... Uh, um, um, for the uh, for the draft booster box, uh, as well as one of each of the uh, um, Commander Twenty One decks. So if you listen to the podcast, you know that my focus on Arena is usually limited. Uh, last set in Strixhaven, I ended up going about 37 drafts total, uh, though when I recorded the episode for that, I was at 22. Um, at the time, I had about a 55% win rate for my 18 pre-platinum drafts. Uh, so how am I doing in, Strix- in, Strix- uh, sorry, in Strixhaven? Last set was Kaldheim. Um, in any case, I'm not doing much better. Uh, it only took me 15 drafts to get to Platinum, but a large part of that were three drafts uh, over the res- reset after April for me when I went down to Silver, uh, and then I went 6-3 three, three times in a row uh, and was and ended up getting back to Platinum then. Uh, overall, before Platinum, I had about a 45% win rate, uh, winning 38 and losing 45 games total. Again, 18 of those, 38 coming in that last run. Uh, since then, I've made it to 27 drafts total, and I've upped my win rate slightly to a 46% win rate uh, with 69 wins and 79 losses, still far below what I was doing in Kaldheim. Uh, looking into specific colors, my best color overall 27 drafts have been has been green with a 52% win rate, uh, winning 32 games versus 31 games. Uh, next up is black with a 49% win rate, 33 to 34. Uh, and then blue with 33 to 36, giving me a 47% win rate. Uh, white at 42%, winning 26 to 36 games. And then bringing up the rear is red with a miserable 36% win rate with 12 games to 21. Now, Strixhaven's a bit of an oddity where the, in that there are allegedly only five supported color pairs, uh, the five enemy color pairs, uh, Silver Quill for white-black, Prismari for red-blue, Witherbloom for black-green, Lorehold for red-white, and Quanvix for green-blue. Uh, looking at these specific colleges and inc- excluding random splashes, um, it's pretty clear why the numbers for the individual colors shape the way they do for me. Uh, Witherbloom and Quanvix are my most winning color pairs, and they both share green. Witherbloom got me 12 wins and 10 losses for a 55% win rate, uh, and Quandrix is an even 50-50 with 21 wins, 21 losses each. Uh, black was my next most winning color with the aforementioned Witherbloom, and then also Silver Quill, which had a 47.5% win rate with 19 wins and 21 losses. Uh, blue came in fourth, sharing Quandrix and Prismari uh, with 8 wins and 9 losses for 47% win rate. Uh, and then now, 
I actually ended up doing two drafts outside of the traditional enemy color pairs, uh, one in white-blue and one in blue-black. Um, those didn't go so hot, only getting me a 40% win rate with uh, four wins and six losses. That being said, that's still better than my abysmal record with Lorehold, uh, going 4-12 for a 25% win rate. Uh, no wonder red and white are my dragged down so much by Lorehold. Uh, overall, my most drafted color pairs are Silver Quill and Quanrix at 7 eats, followed by 4 apiece for Witherbloom and Lorehold, and then 3 for Prismari and 2 for the non-colored color pairs. Uh, notably, early on in the format was when I hadn't quite yet figured things out and I was kind of soft-forcing Silver Quill, uh, but lately I've been drawn more and more to Quanrix after getting back into Platinum. Uh, looking at splashing real quick, I've done it 7 out of 27 drafts, uh, and results seem to be mixed. Uh, early on when I was splashing, I would go 1 and 3, and then 2 of my 6-3 three, uh, three decks uh, were splashing colors. Uh, since then, I've gone 3-3 three, three when splashing. Uh, most often, I'll be splashing red, either going Mardu in a blaze bl uh, silver coal deck, or Teamer in a base Quadrix deck. Uh, now, I want to dig into some of the cooler decks that I had uh, so far this set. Uh, first off, I had my one and only trophy deck going 7-1 with Witherbloom. Um, this definitely helped having it having my highest win rate despite drafting it only four times. Uh, that one I posted to Twitter, but I'll call, I call it two-drop tribal with 14 two-drops. Uh, pack one, pick one, there was, I believe, the green rare Gnarled Professor that paired nicely with a Mystical Archive Natural Order um, with a bunch of pest tokens to be able to fetch it out. Other bomb rares include Culling Ritual, uh, the Witherbloom Board Drive, which saved me in one game against a very aggressive kill in Voltron deck, uh, Weather, the Storm from Mystical Archive, and then two Dinas. Um, I had six uh, lesson cards and five learn cards, including uh, the Gnarled Professor. I think early on I definitely was undervaluing lessons, which uh, significant, uh, and specifically which lessons I should be taking, but the folks over on the Lord's Limited and Limited Resources podcast set me straight after listening to them to a bunch. Uh, next was one that wasn't quite as successful, but I think it's probably the sweetest deck that I've had. Um, I ended up pick one, pa pack one, pick one, a mascot exhibition, um, and then pack one picked up an approach to the second sun. Um, this was around when LSV was talking about his pretty sweet uh, Celestia deck, which is another color pair not supported by the enemy color pair pairs. Um, and this one followed a little bit by the opposite, where his was a little bit more aggressive. I was getting a lot of really good learn cards in white and blue, and I figured why not go for control deck, trying to win with approach to the second sun sun and stabilizing with ma with mascot exhibition uh, this deck had eight lessons in addition to the mascot um you know uh the uh, environmental sciences uh, fractal summoning expanded anatomy introduction to prophecy reduced memory elemental summoning and introduction to annihilation uh learn wise i had seven cards including a professor of symbology and two pop quizzes as well as a rise of ectus um and then some other removals such as burian books defend the campus and expel and then some card acceleration like curate suitsier adept and strategic planning um and then throw in a cody for some spice um, i was actually able to get three wins off of approach of the second sun uh, which is pretty dope unfortunately i ended up not getting uh only getting those three wins because um it turns it turns out you can't just rely on the gate and counter spell to be or the gate and, and other counter spells to be able to protect you early on uh, now back to some other winning decks. Um, you know there were some. There again, there were those three six three decks um, that over at the start of May that pushed me from silver to platinum in three in three uh, drafts. Uh, first one was the base white black deck, splashing red for two heated debates, a lightning helix and academic dispute. Um, the real star of the show here was three Killian, uh, which was just pretty dumb. Um, I think this is also the game where I ended up. There was one game out of the, this run where I got uh, able to cast all three. Um, this is also where I learned the power of environmental science 
his ass and made all the splashing for the multiple red cards possible. Uh, next up was a straight Quandrix deck. Uh, nothing too fancy about this, uh, though the Book Warden top end was pretty nice, combined with four different Fractal creators, uh, one Serpentine Curve, two Leyline Invocations, and one Fractal Summoning, with a, also an Archmage Emeritus pack one, pick one to keep the cards flowing. Um, I think this is the f deck where uh, Quandrix really clicked for me um, and, and, and became kind of like my favorite deck of the format. Uh, and then finally, my other 60 was again another white-black deck, spot, starting off with a Blood of the Sun and having Silver Quill Command, among others. Um, I was flashing for a Hori Ghost Forge, which is an absolute house unlimited, um, a Rip Part, and an Ardent Dust Speaker. Um, I will say, as powerful as I recognize Blood of the Sun to be, um, I think I end up holding off for it too long, and it ends up not helping me as much as a tapped Inklings can't block for lethal when I need it to. Um, not just this time, but other times as well, which you'll hear about later this episode. Uh, some other honorable mention decks, um, there was a pretty sweet Cody deck in base blue-green splashing red for Efreet Flame Painter and Elemental Masterpiece. I ended up going 3-3 with this, um, but really going off with Cody and also Quandrix Apprentice um, really felt super great. Uh, my best Prismari deck uh, was at, went five and three. Uh, this uh, this one was more three drop tribal and centered more about having two twin skull summons and two enthusiastic studies plus some other combat tricks like infuriate and make your mark and reflective golem uh, to try to do you know that combat trick thing. Uh, finally, uh, you know, as I noted, Lore Hold has been pretty bad for me, but I did get up one deck that went 3-3 three and three with a Velomachus Prime, uh, Velomachus Lore Hold, uh, pack 1, pick 1, uh, Splashing Blue for Serpentine Curve, Burian Books, and Practical Research. Uh, this one was supported by Quintorius, so I don't ever remember actually landing him, but the games where I was able to get Velomachus down, especially a little bit early uh, with a little bit of ramp, uh, was super sweet. So that's what draft bins for me. Now, obviously, as a limited fan, I also participated in the Strixhaven Open, which was sealed. Um, I didn't really practice on Arena as I was trying to save my gold to enter. I didn't actually, um, you know, enter draft for a while so I could save up the gold um, to be able to enter off of that, which I was able to do without having to drop any uh, money for gems. Um, and, I, and I did a via grinding constructed as well, so more on that later. Um, I practiced deck building by cracking sealed pools from my Strixhaven box, uh, which I posted those pools on Twitter. Um, I had one sealed token from the pre-order bundle, but that didn't go so well, going 1-3 with the Prince Mari deck. So, you know, despite the lack of gameplay practice, I was able to make day two of the arena open on my first shot using my accumulated gold, as I noted. Um, I did buy best of one, and boy, this deck was really sweet. Um, I don't remember what else I considered, but what drew my eyes to this pool, even before my rares, was that I had four Frost Tricksters. Um, the two and the two uh, Bird Wizard um, for what, uh, for two and the blue. Um, it was flying, and then it does the Frost Links thing where it taps down the creature and doesn't let it untap on the next turn. Really great tempo play. Also, can be fairly aggressive. Um, just one of the best conferences in the set. So, what else went with these? Well, Blade Historian uh, worked out pretty nicely with these evasive flyers that top down, tap down blockers. Um, and then those went well with Strixhaven Stadium, which just really warped uh, all into it. This, this warped my games into, you know, not trying to, you know, the typical limited grind, but definitely like a temporary aggro mini game of, you know, how are they able to get down flying blockers in time, or can I just beat them down before they do? Um, I didn't even worry about getting down to zero, just getting down to 10 would be enough. 
Uh, especially, you know, the fact that tapping Strixhaven Stadium, you know, was able to help with that. So, you know, I opted for a somewhat tempo-y aggro plan. Uh, my two drops also feature the counterspell and the gate, um, plus two Borog Befuddlers to hold off early ground attackers. On the three drops I had, in addition to the Frost Fixtures um, and Strixhaven Stadium, were two heated debates for removal and a beefy Ruther for blocking. Um, the Frost Fixtures uh, were joined by two Waterfall Aerialists in the four drop slot for more flying aggressive presser. Um, and then on the five drops i had burian books and pigment sword for removal wormhole serpent to push through final bits of damage and then uh practical research to help refill my hand which paired nicely with my last rare uh in ingenious mastery i'm actually opted to not include the prismari rare culmination of studies um this felt like that was more control build while i was trying to need the control build while i was definitely going for a more uh aggressive build um lesson wise i won the environmental sciences lottery uh plus two summonings one elemental one spirit and then an intro to prophecy as well. So, going over my game logs, you know, game one, I was against Witherspoon, didn't really get to do the thing, but uh, the opponent's shame conceded when they were playing a Witherbloom deck. They were able to drop, I think, like, turn four, turn five, um, that 11-10 that needs, like, uh, to attack, to sacrifice a creature when it attacks or blocks. Um, so they had a pest in play, and then when they went to attack, um, before, you know, before, with, with that trigger on the stack, I ended up uh, burnt using Heated Debate on their pest, uh, forcing them to sacrifice their 11-10, and they just same conceded on the spot. Uh, game two and game three, I ended up losing, putting me at one and two very early on. Um, game two was against a Mardu lesson deck, uh, which I got out lessened on, and then game three, Strixhaven Stadium just wasn't able to do enough in time. Um, game four, I won. I stalled out on the ground with Ruthus, one four, but um, but then it was against the Witherbloom deck, uh, and then Blazer Storm was able to come down, and I started just dropping fossilized. Didn't even need Strixhaven Stadium, just beating down with two two double strikers in the air was pretty pretty brutal. Um, game five was against Quandrix. I won. Uh, I was able to get Ingenious Mastery up to six at one point, um, countered their mascot exhibition, and then won via Strixhaven Stadium win. Uh, game 6 was up against a teamer deck. I got Ingenious Mastery uh, up to X equals 5 and won with 4 Frost Trickers on the board, plus Blade Historian, plus Strixhaven Stadium. Um, game 7, I won versus a Soul Tide deck via Strixhaven Stadium once again. Um, the opponent was stumbling a bit on mana, and I kept either bouncing or just trampling over all of their blockers, so good stuff there. Um, game 8 was against Quandrix. The sequence here, um, pretty sweet. I had a Prismari Campus in my deck, so dropped that turn 1. Uh, Frost Tixer came out turn two, 3, and then turn 4, Blade Historian. So that's a, a blue 3-drop into a four a red, 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 functionally in my deck 4-drop. Um, uh, so that Prismari Mario Campus really came in clutch in my opening hand, um, and I also bounced one of their uh, giant, their giant, you know, uh, um, uh, fractal tokens, and they conceded on the spot when I ended up dropping a wormhole serpent uh, to push through the final damage unblocked. Uh, game 9 was against a Silver Cold deck. I didn't really have much of my notes here, but I do remember bungling an expressive iteration, that 2-drop. Um, really, really difficult card, I think, UI-wise. I really hate the UI for it. Um, but I able to manage to get to push through and get that 7-2 uh, in the end here. Uh, moving on to day two, I unfortunately wasn't able to use the same pool. Um, I ended up with a Mardu pool. Um, unfortunately, I forgot to save what my lessons were in the screenshot, though I had six learn cards in the main board. But uh, highlights include an approach to the second sun, uh, Blood of the Sky, Rowan, Scholar of Sparks, and Lightning Helix, and a vulnerable Warsinger as my rares. Um, I threw in a bit of too much card draw, I think, in the form of uh, you know, two questing disappointments and a Tesla's Gambit to try to get to the approach to the second sun win. 
Uh, Matt's one was against the Silverquill. Uh, game one, I was on the play, and ended up beating down with a, with a lot of pests, which I presumably got from the sideboard, um, and outvaluing them with more lessons. Um, game two, I was able to drop a Rowan, and then they turned their attention to trying to remove her from the board, um, but they were distracted long enough that, it, that uh, instead of attacking me, which they should have done, I was able to end up winning, though I didn't take down notes on how I was able to pull that off. Uh, match two was against Witherblooms, passing white. Um, game one on the draw, I lost uh, to Combat Professor with no flying uh, blockers, and then they ended up casting an exponential growth on it. Uh, my blood out of the sky was just one turn too slow to help me here. Um, game two, I lost on the play to a pest with exponential growth, mostly hampered by having some awkward early game mana. Um, match three was against Witherblue once again. I bungled game one on the play by getting a little bit too cocky and all my flyers ended up getting removed. Um, game two, I was able to get Rowan and cast approach to the second sun. Unfortunately, I didn't really have any of my card draw. and was just too slow a, a, a drawing approach in the normal manner um, by flooding out and just drawing a bunch of lands. So yeah, just went one and two again in day two. Uh, hopefully, during the next arena open, uh, I'll do a little bit better. I also played in the draft challenge, but went 0 2 because I had the bright idea to try to do some cute uh, off college uh, gruel deck, which, yeah, the less said about that, the better. Uh, moving over to Constructed, um, as I said, I do a lot of my uh, dailies with, with Constructed, um, just grinding up gold and, and, gem, uh, and gems and mastery pass. Um, I've been spending my attention between Historic and, and Standard. As usual, I've been playing a bunch of Saffron Olive decks that catch my attention, um, and this fit into my personal style of like an edge of the seat, almost combo-ish uh, aggro deck. Um, in Historic, I've been playing around with Mono Red Storm. Uh, this is something I find very relaxing, even meditative, about sequencing Grinning Ignis activations to bounce to my head, to cast it back, to bounce to my head, to cast it back, um, all the while with Hazwitz Monument churning me through my deck, um, and then with Functionally Infinite Mana with Bergy or Runaway Steamkin helping out, um, trying to find a great spot and just accumulating enough uh, storm count in order to do so and not fizzle out in the meantime. <laughs> I did try it on mobile briefly, um, but unfortunately that doesn't quite translate over um, just the mechanics of having the drag and, and click and, and whatnot on uh, mobile made it that I actually timed out, unfortunately, and all my grape shots ended up targeting myself. Um, so yeah, uh, especially up against life gain decks. Um, so I'm finding that I think I'm a Dirty Storm player at heart. Now, over in, in Standard, I've been playing with the Clever Loom Mancer build. Um, I haven't upgraded the mana on this one. Probably uh, should, as the biggest hindrance is the awkward mana situation. Uh, but once again, there's something very satisfying about playing mostly one and two drops that can grow into uh, one-shot lethal kills with a few instants and sorceries. Um, I will say that I did hit Platinum, uh, the more key decks, meta decks that have more early drop removal. Um, Definitely hurts this deck, especially with my uh, very early early one and two drops. Um, so yeah, trying to curve out turn one or turn two with my key creatures without holding a protection um, just makes it really difficult. Still, when I'm trying to do my daily quests um, and I'm not and I don't have like a 750 red um, quest to do, uh, this is my go-to to farm gold and XP. Um, since games are a little bit usually faster as opposed to storm, which actually does require a fair bit of clicking. Now, I haven't gotten around to building a black or green deck yet. Um, I'm just trying to try out stuff. I think I might try out Saffron Olive's Witherbloom Pest Strixhaven Stadium build, but I um, just haven't had a need to just yet. 
so yeah, uh, we have the co- the college cup events that that was offered as well. I didn't do do I just did these to get the uh, the Japanese skins. Um, the first one I believe uh, was a sixty card singleton deck, um, standard singleton deck, uh, where each incident sorcery would draw you a card. Um, pretty straightforward. Just a, a straight mono red bird he- burn build here. Um, and then in the hundred card treasure standard deck, I started off wanting to do a dragon's approach deck, but opted instead for a Jeskai cycling uh, slash. Um, second card each turn deck instead um, and then the final event which is which just started uh, Strixhaven Brawl uh, definitely played to my own aggressive style of wanting to get these done over as quickly as possible with a kill in the Voltron deck filled with mostly ways to either protect him or buff him or targeted removal for my opponent's stuff so yeah, that's what Strixhaven's been for me. Um, I did get a couple of pre-con games with my friends over at the Cardboard community with the C21 decks. Have yet to pull them apart for pieces, but whenever whenever I upgrade my decks, like I said, won't be able to play much Modern Horizons 2. Um, just going to save some cash and uh, focus on Zop stuff. But hopefully by July, I'll be able to do the pre-release for Adventures in the Forgotten Realms. Maybe get the pre-con decks instead of and, and skip on the booster boxes. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'll keep you guys posted. Um, in any case, this podcast is now coming to its resolution. Let me know what you think of your of Strixhaven so far. How has your experience been? Um, are you excited for Modern Horizons two coming up? Um, let me yeah. Let me know all on Twitter at EtherVortexPod or via email at IntoTheEtherVortex at gmail.com. You can find Into the EtherVortex on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Um, you can leave a review on any of those podcast stores or on Podchaser.com. Links to those in the show notes. Uh, my architect with all the decklists is linked under the name Ninja Boy Boy with an I. The intro and outro music is provided by Kevin MacLeod. You can find his stuff at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Editing production is provided by Ninja Boy Media. Uh, next time, like I said, we're going to be checking out uh, the cards in Modern Horizons 2. I want to add to my decks. There's definitely some spicy stuff going on in this set. Um, but until then, may your lands be plentiful, but not too plentiful. Past turn. Mm-hmm.